Welcome to Teaching Brute. Today's episode is all about age restrictions on the tools that we use in the classroom, like the software. Riveting. It's one of those things that affects a lot of teachers. Governments put in, like the Americans, have put in um, a law that's meant to protect our children. It's noble, but at the end of the day, so many companies will create software that they will then put nobody under 13 can use. One example is a company that's made software to help young children learn how to read, but we can't use it in the classroom because the five-year-olds can't sign up for an account because they're not 13 years old yet. No, it's an interesting debate that we're running into now where because of the fact that really nothing on the, nothing on the internet is completely secure, no matter what, how much we think, a Google domain is not locked down as much as we'd like it to be, that we run into these restrictions. And then there's other tools such as Twitter, or Facebook, or anyway, basically Google Plus, that have this age restriction despite its incredible educational use. I, I get the point of view, but I do remember when Twitter first came out, it wasn't age restricted. And so classes were using it on a regular basis. There were elementary classes where they would get the students to sign up for Twitter accounts, and they would tweet out part of the lessons, and it was a brilliant little thing. But I haven't seen that in a tech conference in four years now, because anyone under the grade seven pretty much can't use it. And I think one of the biggest things that I'm running into these days, not personally, that being said, because I teach a third grade class, is the sixth graders are expected to be middle schoolers, but they don't have the same access that middle schoolers have. So there's... Why 13 is an interesting question. And should we really be restricting some of these tools? Well, you know, it's one of those things where the whole reason we've got this issue is because the software companies that have created these apps and these products um, are not willing or they're not able to treat the information that the students give them in the way that satisfies the American government. Um, or in some cases, the British government, but it tends to be the American software that ends up with the most issues. And so I kind of understand why they're putting, saying, oh, well, if you're not under 13, then you can't use this. But there needs to be some sort of a workaround. Why Why is it, you know, we we government has stepped in, they're saying, we, we need to protect our kids. Absolutely, I'm on board with that. Software companies are saying, you know what, we can't actually comply with the law, so we need to say it's not for anybody under 13. But then why have this software that's actually aimed at lower primary kids if it can't actually be used? Now the question is, is it aimed at them or is it more that it can be used? I think there's that contrast there. There's a lot of software out there that can be used by lower primary students. In really, really unique and interesting ways. But it's also usable for those above 13. So the ability to access it then becomes restricted. Um, it's it, it's, it's going to be an interesting debate because you're right. I mean, we need to protect you. That's, there's no question about it. But the second you create an online presence, no matter where it is, there's you're putting yourself out there. 
I mean, Google does a pretty good job of locking down their stuff, I'll admit. Uh, I have my kids create Google Sites, and they're restricted to only people who have the link. And you know what? You can't find them online. It, they, they've locked it down pretty good. I've tried it a few times. Well, and this is the thing. You've got schools. I do have a classroom Twitter account, as do you. Um, but I can't post pictures of anything. I can't reference my students in any way, not even by initials. And I've got a lot of students, so a lot of them actually have the same sets of initials. It, you know, it's, there's no way that you'd be able to tie a particular quote to a particular kid. But we're definitely not allowed to do it. And yet you've got other schools that post pictures of the kids, reference kids by name, references the school. There's all sorts of things. It's, it's the whole spectrum. And you've also got um, classrooms, now usually these are preschools, where they've got webcams set up and parents can log in and view whatever's going on. So I guess my question is, where's the happy medium? Where is it that we can actually have these tools, use the tools, allow the parents to see what's going on in the classroom? Because they actually do, they are interested in what's going on, but we're not going to be creating a massive social problem that is, you know, catering to the people who are wanting to do harm to our children. True. Um, I think it's also the question of, what, yeah, what, what, what's too much too little? And what is, uh, what's going to really help the kids out? I mean, what, where are we being the overprotective people? And, and I'm expecting this little teaching group to actually come up with an answer to that. I don't think there is an easy answer. My, uh, several schools have end user agreements where when the parents sign it, you can officially post pictures and, stuff and such online. And I think you have to create the culture of that openness at your school to be able to do that. But admittedly, the forward-thinking schools do that. Mm-hmm. They allow that to happen because they realize that a lot of them, because we email parents on a regular basis, one of the easiest ways to communicate is through things like Twitter. Um, high schools have done Facebook on a rare occasion, and it's been working out okay. But I don't, I because of the way Facebook is, it's often not a great form of communicating with parents. So no. we kind of limit that a bit um, but then again following that rabbit hole that Facebook is a lot of my students have it I haven't encouraged it matter of fact I've openly said you shouldn't have this but stuff like Facebook and Twitter they have no way of holding accountability to a kid putting in that they're 15 years old when they're 8 that's true and there are also teachers out there who are trying to use a tool and they've got one kid in the class that's too young and they just tell the kid, well, just make your birthday this. Because they're using it for educational purposes and it's going to really hinder their unit to have one kid that's not in there. Yep. It's, it's one of these things that... I'm not policing the kids at home. It's not my job. I'm not their parents. And a lot of parents, they either haven't been educated to know that their child is doing this, or all their friends are doing it unless they do it. Like the parents are kind of okay with that idea. Um, and that's not a, it's not, it's not a blame point, and it's not a finger wag. It's just a reality. 
um, I do make the point clear with my third graders that these sites are meant for 13-year-olds. What would you say to a parent who has big concerns about their child being on, let's call it social media. So I'm not even thinking of Facebook at this point, but I'm thinking of things like Twitter that have an educational use. If they come to you and say, I don't know, having having my kid on there, posting pictures, videos, what are you gonna, what would you say to them? I would say that the, the era, the, the times we're going in, it's an era of social media. And that's part of the real world. It's part of the business world. Companies tweet all the time. It's part of it's part of experiencing real life, and it, it's 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 a form of experiential learning because social media is a very real part of life. So to give them a dabble in it, we're all about experiencing real life in the classroom as much as we can. So there's that. There's also that the common sense of educating kids on digital citizenship so that they don't post things that could be considered harmful or dangerous so you make sure that you make sure that the the stuff they're posting is clean and it's it's not going to get anyone in trouble in the same way that us teachers don't post anything that's you know could be misconstrued um, you create a, in the same way that we in my opinion you create a safe learning environment for the kids where they can have discourse conversation and debate you also create a safe social, like as much as humanly possible, create a social networking environment where it's safe and comfortable and there can be discourse and conversation. I get it that the classroom is the classroom and you exist in your classroom and you're in your school and the social networks are worldwide. But you can still create a safer environment for them and give them the knowledge and skills they need to ensure the social media world has been they gave birth to it years back but we're, we are still in the infancy we're still growing this thing for better or for worse so as long as the real, real world is using it it's part of experiential learning in the same way that when they're in the classroom we're there to protect them we're there to we're, we're the ones who the parents trust for their child's safety it's a really really big freaking thing it's the same thing we create the safe environment in the school, field trips, wherever we are. That safe environment goes with us. So going back to our original question, do we need to have age restrictions on stuff? I think in certain situations we do. And I think they're rightfully they're in place. But I think there should be, in the same way that Google has a domain to domains to kind of allow schools to work within that domain and it's kind of in there it's in their bubble it's in that big google world but it's in the bubble so it's so it's restricted it's not restricted it's 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 safe i think it's the responsibility of bigger companies like twitter and facebook to create environments of a similar nature that are safe and locked down and domain accessed because it, it allows our children to feel safe in that environment. And it also will help train them for the real world. There's certainly, I mean, it, it is something where I do agree with companies not being allowed to sell personal information yeah. to other companies. 
quite frankly, I don't think that should just be for the students. I think that should be for everybody. everybody. Yeah. Um, and I also agree with the whole no advertising thing or age-appropriate advertisements. Um, but it seems like that's too much to ask these software companies. In my opinion, if you're going to go into a world that this can happen with, in the same way that a manufacturer of toys, if they have a line of toys, some aimed at, teen, aged, aimed at teenagers, some aimed at, aimed at targeted at toddlers, they need to create the space for them to be safe. And toy manufacturers are held accountable all the time. McDonald's is held accountable for how hot their coffee cups are. Why aren't we holding those software people accountable to that? Well, I guess that's what the governments have been trying to do. But, I mean, but it's just, it's not actually working out. It's the equivalent of, you know, teachers going on strike. The actual, at the end of the day, the governments weren't the ones that are hurt by it. The students were. Yeah. It's that same scenario. The software companies are saying, yeah, we don't really want to play it by those rules. At the end of the day, it's the classrooms and the students that are being harmed by it. We don't want to play by those rules, but then we have Google who's done it well. Yes, I get it that it's one of the biggest companies in the world. I totally get that. But they're the only ones that have the online presence that they do. In the same way. And look at how much they've encapsulated the Western educational world. Having said that, there are things like you're under 13 applies to YouTube. Yep. which is Google. Under 13 applies to Google, Google Plus. Plus. Um, you know, there are a whole bunch of educational Google tools that are still restricted. Despite the fact that it's in the domains. Yeah. So, and that causes issues for teachers all the time, saying, I want to be able, I want my kids to be able to watch these YouTube links, but YouTube is turned off for our district. What do I do? Yeah. I mean, why, I think if you can create a safe learning environment for Google Sites, for Google Drive, for Gmail. Why isn't that same environment in place for Google Plus, for YouTube? Why hasn't Twitter created domains for educational purposes where younger students can tweet in a smaller, compacted environment? Why haven't? Why hasn't Facebook? I mean, Edmodo has done a similar job to Facebook, and now they've linked up with Google. It makes it even easier. Why haven't? But why hasn't Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat? Now again, Snapchat is still not as big as the rest and Instagram is still growing it's pretty big and from what a lot of predictors have said it's going to actually surpass Facebook but why haven't they created these domains for educational users I mean there are kids using it that's just the reality so why not someone take why not either they need to take accountability for themselves and be proactive or someone needs to go look this is happening. You've not restricted. We've not restricted this. You've done it lip service. Anyone can lie to do it. So what are you going to do about that? And you, well, can you do nothing about it? No, you couldn't do something about it. What could you do? There are companies that do software like Scratch that the parents have to approve it, and it has to be done through a separate email address that is approved under a bigger domain. 
So, so companies like Scratch have done a pretty good job, and my all and all of my students, pretty much all of them, use Scratch. Um, all of my students use Scratch. Yeah, and they've done it. And, and funny thing enough, that's a creation program. That's a programming function. It's not like posting on social media. They create games. So. If they can do it, and they're significantly smaller companies, it's free software use. Why haven't the other one, big ones, done something like that? Well, at the end of the day, I'm just hazarding a guess here, but I'm guessing it comes down to revenue. Because, you know, on my Twitter feed these days, there's a lot of ads popping up. On my Facebook feed, there's a lot of ads popping up. Yeah. And if they had to start restricting that and saying, oh, well, this person's in that user organization and they don't get this, and you know, that, that's loss of revenue for them. And there's levels of security. And, yeah, I get it, but how capitalistic are we? Are we capitalistic enough to jeopardize the safety of our kids? I hope not. So, we haven't got a solution. Nope, but we've got thoughts. But we have thoughts. And if you guys have any thoughts, if you've got any solutions, then do share. Yep. Remember, as always, if you're going to post any comments, keep them safe, keep them clean. No one bashes each other online. School friendly. School friendly. Till next time. See ya. Bye.